Passion Pod 58, joyous. Thank you so much for downloading it, you wonderful creature. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to it, by the way, get on iTunes. You can sign up and it's subscribed so it just lands in your inbox. You don't have to make any effort at all. Not that I imagine you made a huge amount of effort for this, but I am grateful nonetheless. Uh, so Passion Pod 58 this week with Ali Dowling, actress, star of Musketeers on BBC One. That's her kind of big one, if you recognise her lovely little face. Um, but she's done all sorts of little bits and pieces. Relatively new, only been acting out of drama school for about three years um, and was very close to not pursuing this route at all after getting rejected three times in a row, I think it was. Um, and was teaching um, at the time to sort of support herself and this quest um, and told me just before I started interviewing that she was so close to just actually staying doing teaching and, you know, following that path. So just a great example of how really sticking to what you want to do, you know, can come good, even though it does feel like it never is going to happen. So yeah, over to Ali. You're listening to Passion Pod number 58 with Ali Dowling. So, Ali, let's start at the beginning. Actress. Yes. Have you always wanted to act? Is it something that you've been... Yeah. I was that's, that's great, though. That makes it easier. Yeah, it did actually make it way easier, because it was sort of something I'd always wanted to do, so it was almost that itch that you had to scratch, and it was like it wasn't going to go away. There's no so other I had choice. To just, well, there was obviously, like, I think I was like a really um, kind of, quite a performery kind of kid, and then got to puberty and, like, became massively introverted. <laughs> Um, but it was also always still sort of there, like the desire to do it, but I wouldn't have sort of talked about it. And then when I left school, I kind of knew I wanted to give it. Amazing. So when you left school, take me on a little timeline. So you went to school, did you then go straight into acting or what was what was the sort of, how did you get to where you are now? Um, so I applied to drama school um so I didn't really know of any other way of doing it which I've kind of since realized there are like loads of different routes in and you really don't have to go to drama school um but I just had I came from quite a traditional family quite a traditional school and I didn't know any actors didn't know anyone in the film industry um but I didn't get in and I was, I was reassured that you're young and like you can try again as so I applied for three years each year yeah, yeah, so I've had two gap years. Because that's quite amazing to stick with it for that length of time. I mean, was that quite a challenging time? You know, at that stage in your life, knowing that's what you're wanting to do and getting that level of rejection. Yeah. And and feeling like you still wanted well, to carry on. You were in a really vulnerable age then. I don't know if whether all uh, 18 year olds are like that, but I was like... I think probably. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was massive, I still am, like, massively insecure I mean, I think all actors are massively insecure, but at the beginning, you start off like, obviously, you're going to be rejected as an actor. Like, I'm so up for that. I can do that. I can deal with that. If it happens year after year and you're like applying to all these drama schools and just getting no's, 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 it's like, well, I'm, maybe you just don't have it. And obviously, it makes you think like, well, other people are just getting in. So there's something wrong but um, with me. But I think I always knew like I was, t- I was awful in the auditions and like things like that. I kind of had to work through all of that. But I definitely probably wouldn't have carried on applying because I, I think I probably by the third year if I hadn't got enough to write I think I sort of realized and it happened again it happened at two stages I was like I'd rather be happy like do you know what I mean I'd rather just do something where I'm happy and I only wanted to do this because I found it fun and this is just making me miserable yeah. and as soon as it sort of got to the point of thinking like well if this is going to make me miserable then I don't want to do it anymore it's a really weird one though yeah. isn't it in that situation because so you for... either have to change your mindset or you just stop doing it yeah I think what happens is your self-worth gets caught up in the thing that you like doing um and you're like well I've always been told I'm good at this 
so this must be what I'm good at. And then suddenly you get <laughs> like hit and hit and hit. Well, that's t- only the first hurdle of getting into drama school. <laughs> then you've got to come out and get to all the auditions. Actually, and go do the, the whole bloody thing, thing every week. It's <laughs> like that. It's probably quite good though, in a way. Yeah. Maybe that you had that to get into drama school. Do you think that maybe prepared you for that actual reality of living life as an actor? Yeah, definitely. That was the only time I'd ever auditioned. I hadn't auditioned before doing that, really. And auditions are really something to get used to. It's a bizarre thing to put yourself through over and over again. But that is the way, like, all jobs, I always think this, all jobs, like, there is no job that doesn't have a downside. And so that's just part of what it is. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. Um, Darling, you did, so you did three years at drama school, then you came out. Did you have an agent straight away? Yeah, I was very lucky actually and I got an agent straight after drama school so that really helped me out yeah in terms of confidence as well I imagine if not only well you sort of know that the agent thing isn't really anything to do with ability but I I think something that they don't really prepare you for at drama school that is just the nature of the beast is that casting and all that stuff like it has a hand in things and it's not you, you have to use that to your advantage and whatever however it plays out for you because you can't just like let it stop you but that I think I was lucky in the sense that my casting was sort of I was castable as things that people when they're first leaving drama school like I looked quite young um and that was always helpful so things like that that are just luck basically and I actually got a job really quickly just before I'd left drama school I think that was really helpful yeah I was super lucky um to be given that job and I think it was something really lucky again like they were literally filming like the next week and they'd sort of someone probably pulled out or something and I had to cast it right at the last minute and I got that and then it was a film like a really low budget film but Amazing. it was a film and it was like here and I am I like, yeah and suddenly I was like oh god now I've got to do it I'm really not but like so unprepared even though I've just done three years of drama school but then obviously drama school doesn't really prepare you for the world of tv or film at all um you get a few classes and then you're like chucked in front of a load of film crew and then yeah. Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> That's so funny, isn't it? Because however much yeah, your mind sets into it, suddenly being there and living it, nothing like you say, nothing can prepare you for it. That's I've never really yeah. thought about it like that. Someone once told me like you will always remember your first job as an actor. I don't know, and I think that really will be for me. Yeah, and like you say, nothing can prepare you, so it's just this weird your first time of experience. Like yeah, it's kind it? of weird. Yeah, it was all a bit. It must be such a cool feeling though, as well, being like shit like yeah I mean I've just done this I've just finished and now here I am doing it like I don't know I just think especially in something that is such a competitive industry yeah it was and still is really surreal I actually do find going on to film set in well it's less surreal but definitely still it's still a very weird like is this really what we're doing like we're all dressing up and like pretending especially with musketeers because it's like you're all your outfits it's like all these like ridiculous yeah it still feels really surreal actually yeah I think that's what I love about it and why I think I'll carry on trying to do it as long as possible because no matter all the shit stuff that comes with trying to keep sane when you're not working and when you're trying to find work but when you're actually there and you get to do it it's such a magical thing to be like oh <laughs> we're here and that's the joy of it that's why I keep coming back it can be quite boring like you know it's not like it's fun all the time but you need to remind yourself actually a job that I did it was um David Bradley, I don't know if you know him, is quite a more senior actor. Choose uh, <laughs> your words wisely there, darling. Yeah, and, um, but I mean, the thing that I learned from him, which just came away with, was he was just seemed so 
childlike still in his awe and appreciation of the set that we were on. And I thought that was so magical because he, he was just still, having done it for all these years, just seemed really happy to be there. Just happy to be there. How amazing. Was that an early jo- earliest job of yours? Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like they're all early jobs because I haven't done that much. But um, Yeah, how long have you been... How long? When did you leave drama school then? Three years ago. Yeah, so it isn't that long, is it? Yeah, no. Um, so just going to timeline-wise, in terms of jobs... Okay. Yeah, so I, I um, left drama school, did this little film, and then um, I got a couple of episodes of... But, like, just one episode of a couple of things. So... I did a Merlin and a tiny, tiny bit of Game of Thrones, but it was really great for auditions because everyone loved to talk about that. And then... Um, it's like the perfect thing on anyone's yeah. TV. Yeah, and then uh, episode of Poirot, which is again like that weird so moment. So all TV? Yeah, it was yeah. all TV. And then, then I got the Musketeers, which was, which was great because it was, uh, was the first sort of series regular. Yeah, because I guess that then it is sort of it's something that you know then you're booked in for. Well, yeah, that's the thing because all these jobs they sort of last a, a week or a couple of weeks, and and you think amazing, I've got a job, but like in your real terms of what that means to your real life, it's like a week of a high, and then or like a mad panic depending on how you look at it, and then um, and then you're just back to like uh, what do I do now? Shit, oh, I've got to learn these lines for the next audition. So it's not. So even though everyone was like, oh my God, you've done so well. And it's like, you haven't stopped working. And it's like, oh, have I been working? Like, it didn't feel like I've been working at all. What everyone um, else is In that seeing. first year. Yeah, the people's impression of like how I just sort of come out of drama school and just done really well. And it, to me, it just felt like I've been having a nervous breakdown. Like, it, it just, <laughs> I was like, I'm not though. Like, I've been, I was in this thing for like a week. And then I was in that thing for like another week. And about six months later, you know, and really panicking like I'm not getting any of these jobs I was going up for loads of stuff and not getting it and not getting it and not getting it and being like oh my god but no one else sees that my angel's gonna drop me like yeah and all people saw in that first year was that I just kept getting jobs but it didn't feel like that at all which is really it's really interesting to think about all of the other stuff that's going on for that one hit here and that one hit there do you think that's probably one of the most challenging things about pursuing the passion that you have Mm. that 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 sort of changeability of your day-to-day yeah Definitely. I think I find it really... I'm one of those people as well. I'm not good at routine. I don't know really how to organise myself. Sort of never have, you know. I was one of those people who had in my reports from school when I was young. It's like, Alexandra doesn't know how to organise herself. And, like, I think that sort of stayed with me a bit. And I'm try. I sort of better. But it's hard if you're not that kind of person to, like, structure your life when it doesn't have a, have a structure. It's taken me, like, a really long time to realise that I have to wake up. I should try and wake up at a normal time every day I sort of thought about it but it was like nah that doesn't sure I don't need to do that really but But it's like no but that really makes a difference like wake up in the morning and go outside and walk around and then start your day because otherwise you could just lose days just wondering in your your pajamas and yeah and that's really not a good place to be in it's so difficult though I think it's difficult even if you are good at making structure I think that's the hardest thing because it seems such a weird problem to have for people that ha- perhaps haven't yeah. experienced it. Yeah, you exactly. And you can't, and you then you can't feel like you can talk. You don't feel like you can talk about it with anyone because you like they they're so just gonna so think like, oh, poor you, like with all this time to yourself, like you could do anything you want, and you're like, no, because you're constantly worried, worried you should be doing something, and worried that like you've got to learn. Or I don't know, it'd be different for any self-employed person, but it's not a relax. It's not like being on holiday. <laughs> yeah, it's not relaxed time. That off. That's that, that's the thing. I think that's really I definitely find for me is like 
exactly that. It's like how you can enjoy the time you have to yourself mm. when it's like this sort of structure. Because yeah. being on holiday is fine. It's like how you make that work in your day to day, giving mm. yourself or just to enjoy it. Like why are we sort of cat and nine tailing ourselves? Like oh, yeah. you know, just have just a quiet morning. Life. Yeah, and I think that's like I think that's what I've kind of learned to appreciate the longer I've done it is that you can just have a really quiet morning and that's okay. Like, you don't need to beat yourself up at it. That you shouldn't ever um, compare your life to someone else's and the fact that other people are busier doing this or have something else going on because you've chosen the way you're living your life for a reason and to remember that and then... Like, because you need people around you as well who kind of get it and who are supportive. And if you don't have that, then it's, then it's really hard. Yeah, you have to connect with the right mindset. Mm. So it's good to have a mixture, isn't it? Yeah, but really like, good to have a mixture. But like to, to be reminded as well that other people are going through the same thing sometimes is really useful. Yeah, suddenly realise that you're not the only one. Lone warrior. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just started this thing on these. If you're setting out on a day, three things in your backpack, in your bag, that you're going to take with you that you think are really helpful for what you're doing. So... The first is a thing. It was technology and then everyone said phone. Last time, the podcaster I interviewed, she said, um, we've got to be like Desert Island Disc. So you're allowed your house keys and your phone. They are givens, okay? So that you can't use, you can't choose those. Uh, so you're allowed okay. a thing, um, a person, oh. and an inspiration. You're going to fit the person in the back? Yeah, babes, Mary Poppins! <laughs> uh, or you just have to honey our trunk. Okay, you know, okay. We can, we can uh, you know, play around with this. So yeah, go for your life. I think maybe... My thing might be my my yoga mat. I do find that insanely grounding and I do it all the time and I just need that in my life. So that would have to be in there. Well done. And self-discipline required for that. That is impressive. Well, I do go to classes. Yeah, much easier. Good. I'm much easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I find like, it quite oh. difficult to do it myself, but I'm assuming I can't take, like, maybe I can take <laughs> my yoga teacher in there as well. They could be the person. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. No, no, um, no. Come on, no. come on. I'm going to mat's enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> perfect. That's a really good one. person's really hard, though, because I just kind of want a friend. But I don't know. I could you could have people. You could have people. Okay. I'm, I'm not strict choose. on the one-man allowance. My friends, for sure. I mean, just having like supportive people around you in general that you love and can talk to about everything and give you perspective as well. I wouldn't have anyone necessarily like to do with what I'm doing because that that's sort of enough in my head. Magic. This um, is a good little bag. Um, oh, I like and then, this bag. And then <laughs> inspiration. inspiration. I do really like. Have you ever seen Brain Pickings? No. Tell oh, me. It's great. It's um Maria Popova's. It's a website, though. I don't know if you can have yeah, that. Yeah, totes you can. Come on, the rules are bendable. <laughs> it's a really great website called Brain Pickings, and it basically is just, like, all the inspiration you need in one website. Basically, she's this woman who has just collated... She must have read everything there is to read in the world, and it's all beautiful things, ranging from poets and artists and neuroscientists and uh, graphic so- designers, just, like, all across the board. She's just kind of read so much, and she kind of curates it all into this beautiful blog and yeah I got slightly addicted to that for a while just read everything but it's so inspirational oh babes you're full of these things that website sounds amazing yeah it's just really nice it's just like really wholesome uh magic those are cracking thanks babe um so if you were to give advice to someone that was wanting to do what you're doing I think to know that everyone gets insecure and that everyone feels probably like you do and that everyone has felt like you do and the only way you do it is by trying and failing 
and that failing's absolutely fine if not necessary. I mean, and succinct. I mean, <laughs> seriously. That's amazing. I'm going to just have to maybe put that in a soundbite and just have that <laughs> repaid over. I think failure's a really interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. Big t- I think once you get over failure, once you go like, what's the worst thing that could happen if I really fuck this up and I look like an idiot? And you kind of go down that road and go, oh, it's going to be terrible, it's going to be terrible. And then you kind of go, but will I still be okay? And you're like, yeah. And that's good to know. <laughs> You've been listening to Passion Pod number 58 with Ali Dowling. Cracking bits of advice in there, right? Amazing. Thank you very much, Ali. Super great to chat to her. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more of those. Get online to Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of them. Um, Or you can find us at passionpod.co.uk. I'm sure I say this every time, but I am actually really excited about the Passion Pod next week. Someone recommended Maddox to me, um, and when they were explaining what it was that he set up, I was like, need to just definitely have a chat with him. He has set up a thing called Secret Adventures, um, and that's all I'm going to tell you for now. You can find out more next week. I'll see you then.